One year when the kids were really small, we took off for a vacation in Williamsburg, Virginia. We had never been there before. It was a free vacation. Uh, we had won it in some kind of raffle. Um, it was a free vacation if we sat through a 45 minute presentation on this new vacation club that they were building in Williamsburg. Not a problem. Well, uh, Martha was uh, the one who had the exciting task of trying to convince the Termins that they needed to invest $32,000 for a lifetime of amazing vacations that they could take all over the world if they could swap their week out with anybody else who wanted to spend a week in Williamsburg, Virginia. And the little footnote or little asterisk at, at the end of the contract would say, if you can't trade your week out, then you would have a lifetime of vacations in Williamsburg, Virginia. Well, at the outset of our three hour conversation with Martha, uh, she invited us to, to tell her about ourselves. And so Chan tells her all about our four kids uh, who at the time um, were locked in a, not locked, but they were uh, securely in a soundproof um, room provided by the vacation club watching SpongeBob. She also told them all about her job as a nurse. And then it was my turn. Uh, it's always fun when it's my turn to, to tell a stranger about my vocation and what I do for a living. It's always interesting to see their reaction. Uh, when I tell them about my profession. Well, Martha seemed genuinely interested. And so uh, I asked her, do you attend uh, a local church here? Well, she became a little embarrassed because in order to, to be honest and truthful, uh, she was gonna have to confess to us that actually uh, she was not a churchgoer. And I felt comfortable enough in the conversation uh, to let her know that I was very interested in the reasons why she didn't go to church. And her answer didn't surprise me as she began to talk about um, her experiences in church. There were very um, angry experiences experiences full of condemnation, sermons full of uh, hellfire kinds of things. She says as a child, her perception of God from her church experience was that God was angry and that God's desire was to punish people if they didn't follow the rules, if they didn't fit into the box. And so when she became an adult and she had the option, she decided that um, believing in God or attending church, uh, that, that those weren't the best options for her. She said to us, I need to know that God is good. 
I need to know that God loves me. When I leave church, I need to know that there's hope. I stepped into the elevator at Mission Hospital once, and I actually stepped right into the middle of a conversation. I wasn't eavesdropping or anything, but I heard the guy tell his friend, so he started giving me all of this Jesus stuff. And then he said, I am a sinner, I guess. I haven't gone to church in 10 years. But then he said, why would I want to go to a church where everyone is just going to condemn me, to judge me? I assume maybe uh, you've had similar experiences. And if you're like me, it just feels kind of backward. It's upside down. It's not the way it's supposed to be. We know from last week's story that the Apostle Paul encountered Jesus. He experienced Jesus in a way that turned his world completely upside down. Uh, you remember, uh, Paul was blinded by the light of Christ. And when he finally regained his sight, nothing looked the same anymore. Everything was different. Upside down was now right side up. And after his conversion, Paul becomes a missionary and he starts getting in big trouble. You might remember from the story last week that he was in Damascus. And so after his conversion, he begins telling his story. He begins preaching. And the Jews in the city began plotting his death. So like right out of the gate of this new life in Christ. Uh, his life is in danger. He's in trouble. Paul hears about it, that they're, they're, they're guarding the, the gates and the entrances and the exits. And so uh, his friends uh, put him in a basket and in a hole, uh, through a hole in the wall of the city, they, they lower him and he escapes uh, to freedom. And he goes to the next city, but he ends up in Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, it says that he's arguing with the Hellenists about their faith. He's telling the story of Jesus, and he's making a different point. And the Hellenists start plotting to kill him. He's making people mad all over the place. And once again, Paul's friends, uh, they, they save him. They, they help him escape, and he goes to Tarsus. Uh, Paul's up, Paul ends up in a place called Lystra. And there's this man who uh, was lame from birth. He's crippled. He can't walk. And Paul says to him, stand up on your feet and the guy does well the crowds who saw it they start freaking out like whoa this is crazy awesome and they thought that the gods had come to the earth in human form and so they believed that barnabas who was paul's missionary buddy that barnabas was zeus and that that paul was hermes and so they go and they they get oxen and garland and they're about to to make sacrifices and start worshiping uh, paul and barnabas well then it was paul and barnabas's turn to freak out and they're like no you can't do this and so they they start uh, tearing their clothes 
And then uh, in their attempts to stop the madness, or while they were trying to stop the madness, there are Jews who come from Iconium, meaning that there are some Jews who have been following him around, and they win the crowd over and turn the crowds against Paul and Barnabas, and they stoned him. They stoned Paul, and they drug him out of the city, and they presumed that he was dead. That's how badly they beat him. Well, he wasn't dead. And so he gets up, and then he goes to the next city, and he does the same thing again. When he gets to this place called Philippi, trouble again. Paul, they strip him naked, they severely flog and beat him. They throw him into prison, and he's in the innermost cell of the prison. His legs are in the stocks against the wall. But that's the story that we're going to be uh, looking at next week. So, spoiler alert, I guess. He escapes the city. He gets out of prison. He gets kicked out of the city. And... He walks a hundred miles on uh, this well-traveled, well-built Roman road called the Via Inatia. It was a great military road uh, of the Romans, and he goes to Thessalonica. Now, Thessalonica was um, a flourishing commercial city. It had a really good port, um, and that's the location of our story today that we've heard from the book of Acts. So in Thessalonica, Paul goes to the synagogue. That's where he always starts. He always starts in the synagogue because he wants to, uh, to start with those who share his faith, who have his, his own uh, convictions and beliefs and worldview, and he had to tell them his story. And so, you know, at, at Paul's conversion, he's trying to make sense of things. He thought... Um, God's ways were a certain way, and he, he discovered that uh, he didn't quite have it right. There was a different thing going on, and he needed to, to explain his story to these Jews who thought the same way that he thought. And so he knew the scriptures. He was a Pharisee and a good one. And so he knew the scriptures, and with, with uh, the encounter with Jesus, he began to understand that Jesus was the one. Jesus was the one they called the Messiah. Jesus was the one that God had promised would come. The one that was going to um, set things right and reestablish the world as God intended the world to be. So uh, things like beauty and peace and joy, that there would be a world of people just overwhelmed with laughter with music, with dancing, with unselfish caring of, of people in need, like with curiosity and discovery and uh, building things and enjoying stuff, that there would be this world of people who, when seeing other people, all people, would respond with love not violence. But in our story, in verse 5, the Jews become jealous. Now we've got to remember that, that these Jews were standing in the same place 
that Paul was standing in when he was breathing threats, when he was, was plotting murder. So they're convinced that they're standing right side up, just like Paul was convinced he was standing in the right place. Now, we don't know what their motives are. Um, their motives might have been pure. Uh, they might not have been, but either way, a mob was formed. Their jealousy led to violence and harm. And as Luke writes the story, he says the whole city was in an uproar. Now, I wonder about all of this. Once again, Paul was in trouble. And the accusation against him is kind of interesting. Those who have been turning the world upside down, they've come here too. And that was the source of their anger. I wonder why they were so jealous. What was the problem? Was it because they were protecting their centuries-old traditions? Was it because of different theological convictions and understanding of who God is and what God wants God's people to do? Well, probably. In verse 4, it says that after Paul told the stories of Jesus, that some of the Jews actually believed and, and uh, began to follow the way of Jesus. But he also says that a great many of the Greeks believed and that a whole bunch of the leading women believed. That had to fly in the face of their traditions. I imagine that the message that Paul preached, the stories that Paul told, would be a message that Martha in Williamsburg would have appreciated. That God is a good God. That God loves everyone even me, and that in this God, there's a future with hope. I wonder, am I turning the world upside down the way God wants me to? I, I didn't say a word in the elevator. I really figured it was none of my business to get involved and interrupt a conversation between strangers, but I missed an opportunity. I missed an opportunity to tell a different story, to paint a different picture, because that's what missionaries do. So our story in Thessalonica ends at night. It says that night, with the help of Paul's friends, Paul snuck off to Berea. And when they arrived in Berea, <laughs> He went to the Jewish synagogue. He started disturbing the peace again. It's crazy. It's madness. Let's pray. Help us, God, to do the simple and the crazy. Turn us upside down. Give us wisdom and courage so that we can make some good things happen with these days that you've given us. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.